Ready to rise through the ranks of the online marketing hierarchy? Take some notes from the original Royals of Revenue, the Internet Traffic Kings. We're about to open up a treasure chest of knowledge from the best of the best. With your hosts, Kevin the Cook Father, DiVincenzi, the original Big Fabu, John Fondy, and the ultimate compliance conciliary, Attorney Bennett Kelly. In three, two, one. And welcome to episode 20 of Internet Traffic Kings. I'm the big fabu, John Fondy, and we're coming to you from the campus of UNLV in uh, fabulous Las Vegas. So you can see the streets are still a little slow out there, and they're kind of catching up to what's going on out there in uh, terms of how businesses are going. But one of the things that you're going to be able to do is take some great information home with you, uh, even think about maybe even pivoting a little bit or changing what you're doing out there. We're going to give you some great information to be able to do that. I do want to remind our viewers that we are a non-ad supported uh, program, which means we don't have commercial ads on there. So uh, it is um, it is uh, member supported, uh, viewer supported, and uh, you can really help us out a lot, kind of pay your keep, if you will, by, uh, by going to uh, Apple Podcasts. Give us five-star rating. That would help us out a lot. You can also uh, go to YouTube and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, our Facebook is a good place to go. Uh, Spotify, you can listen to the show and, uh, and uh, you know, go to our, our website. And that's, uh, of course, Internet Traffic Kings. There, there we go. Dot uh, com as well, too. So uh, that kind of kind of cues everything up right now to uh, to bring our, our executive producer. Uh, he's a click father, Kevin DiVincenzi. Hey, Kev. Hey, how are you, John? Doing good now. I noticed that I'm spotting some more merch here as well, that's too. It. So, yeah. uh, thanks for sending that out as well. Absolutely. So it's going to come in handy. So uh, if we, this is, this is going to be great. If we ever get any conventions coming back, then we can right. go do some conventions and we're all merged out and everything like that. Yeah. So that's, yeah. that's a good, a good thing. So Kevin, episode 20, man, like we're, we're yeah. like at almost at a half a year here. It doesn't seem it's, like it's, it. it's flying by John. It really is. I know. Time flies, right? What what kind of comments are you getting from the from the viewership out there? You know, are they liking what we're doing? Yeah, I mean, if you if you look on uh, Apple Podcasts, we've got over two hundred five star reviews, and you know, a lot of people are saying it's uh, it's something they look forward to, and you know, they're they're learning new things, which is great. I mean, that's what we're doing it for. You know, we're not doing it because uh, John and Kevin want to be internet famous. <laughs> it's more to to give back to the community and teach people and. Because, you know, it, it's, uh, you know, you mentioned in the last podcast, John, it is people helping people. And a lot of it in this industry, you do help people. And it, it comes back to you in some, some way, somehow. Not that you expect anything, but, you know, there, there may be a, a niche that I need help with that somebody will be like, of course, I'll help you because, you know, you've, you've helped me in the past. And that's just the best way to do it. Not just to hold everything tight to the vest and be like, oh, well, it's, you know, that's my secret. You know, it's, it's much better to share. You know, and well, at least for me, it's not all about the money. I mean, you know, money's great, but it doesn't define who I am. So, well, I mean, the, and the great thing about that is you're you're really right about uh, you know when you when you when you give it it, it does it comes back to you. You know, it may not be immediately, but uh, it also comes back immediately in the fact like, well, hey, why not? why not take the time to help somebody out if you possibly can? And Kevin, yeah, I know that sure. you've been in this business for 23 years and you know, you're, you, 
you you charge a lot for your consulting because you're good at what you do and stuff. But uh, now with everything that's going on now, uh, not only you, but many of our guests are willing to just say, pick up the phone, give me a call and let me see if I can help make your life a little bit better while this is going on. It's going to make you, make you feel better, you know, as well. And so, um, so anyway, as you can see, Las Vegas is virtually, closed now or they're really cutting down on things like that what are you seeing in your neck of the woods uh, kevin any changes there no i mean everything is still pretty you know pretty shut down <laughs> you know um <clears throat> you know i'll go out and do my grocery shopping which uh i saw on uh, i saw a video where you know some guy was going grocery shopping and there was the um the Coolio song on as he's walking into the grocery uh, store, you know, as I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And I was like, this is, that's pretty much sums it up, you know? No. <laughs> yeah. You walk into a grocery store and uh, you're like, you don't know what to expect. I uh, ventured out to Costco on Sunday out here in LA and the line was literally out the door around the parking lot just to get in. So obviously I just turned around. I'm like, okay, this, this yeah. makes sense. That's the, the um, same here. I'm noticing a lot of uh, traffic lined up at a lot of the schools uh, waiting to get food as well. Oh, really? Yeah. So we, we've got a we've got a COVID bank here as well as we, we do a food bank here at UNLV right. once a month or so. But I'm, I, I'm talking about cars that are lined up all the way around the block of, of the school. I mean, we're probably talking right. 500 cars and stuff. Wow. And I was really kind of surprised because I really thought that maybe we were just kind of adjusting a little bit with all the, you know, with with the unemployment extensions right. and the, the PPEs and all of that stuff like that. But I guess people are, are still somewhat suffering out there just trying to get used to this. Yeah, for sure. And the, the other big challenge that we're going to have is, you know, there's still a lot of no eviction orders in place. Um, and the challenge with that is that some of these people are not paying rent right now because they don't need to pay rent, even if they do have the money. But what's ha- what's going to happen is a lot of them are now spending that money f- uh, foolishly. So the, the end result you're going to have is now that money is due, right? Like I know, in, you know, I own several properties in Nevada. In Nevada, if somebody can't pay right now, uh, they still do need to sign a promissory debt note to you being the landlord. Um, when that comes due, if these people don't have it, that's where the evictions are going to come in. And, you know, it, it's, it's really going to be, you know, a very, uh, very sad time at that time. And I think October and November, a lot of them are going to be lifted. So... Well, that, that's yeah, what that's, I'm hearing too. And yeah. here in uh, here in Las Vegas, um, they uh, they had one more unemployment six hundred dollar check that was supposed to go out to everybody, and it didn't go out. Right. And so people are just are just screaming and crying their eyes out, and oh my gosh, I'm going to be evicted. I'm going to be all this and stuff. And I'm just thinking to myself, you know, nothing changed. You got you got as much money as if you were working right now. Right. Yeah, that that's that's my big that's my big concern is that people overspend and they don't budget properly and uh <laughs> you know, you you think about instant gratification, you think about the now, but you know, at at some point the uh the Pied Piper is going to come calling and you know, yeah. you still owe that money. So that that's going to create a, you know, a, a big homeless problem in in my my estimation and it's a shame. You know, so you know that's that, what they were talking about. I've been, yeah. yeah, I've been um, thinking a lot about. Like, you know, you want to tell these people, hey, if you have it, you know, pay it. <laughs> don't don't think it's a. There's no free ride. It's yeah. not that that you're not gonna 
have to pay it or it's, you know, it's not interest free if you, if you have um, it. And some of the yeah. houses that, that you still have notes on, you've, you've still got to pay the bank as well too. So. Well, that's the thing too. You know, yeah, I had, I had one of my, you know, one of my renters that, uh, that, you know, not to get too personal, but you know, the guy does very well for himself and he stopped paying during, during the pandemic. And, you know, and I said, why? Well, you know, it's COVID, the government's going to pay you. And I said, that's the most ignorant thing you could ever say. Oh. The government's not going to pay me. And this is, a, this is one of my luxury rentals, right? So it's not, you know, even, even if there was a subsidy, which there's not, it wouldn't, cover a quarter of the rent that this guy, you know, is supposed to be paying. Um, so that, that's, that's the, that's the challenge, you know, is people will take advantage of it. You know, we spoke on the last show about the, the first arrest on PPP fraud, and I'm sure we'll see more. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the, these programs are made to, to help people and that's great, you know, but you know, same thing with the unemployment, right? They have to redo how they're doing it because people were making more money being on unemployment than actually working. So during this pandemic, and they're so talking now about uh, yeah. about uh, another, uh, I guess you'd call it a stimulus check that's going to go out. But they're talking about reducing that six hundred dollars down to two hundred dollars now. So it's not like they just cut the whole thing off. But, yeah, but John, the reason they're doing that is because literally people were making more money not working. Yeah. So you know, and 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 I get it, right? They they tried to to rush a bill through and for relief, and I I understand why it happened, but. That that's great. I applaud them for making an adjustment because otherwise, all you're doing is you're you're encouraging people not to work and not to you know contribute to society. And I understand there's a lot of factors in, in the time that we're in right now, um, but it's just not. There's no longevity to it. It's not going to last. You know, and, and I got to you know I got to think that that's just got to change your mindset or when you get used to something like that and you don't you're not productive and you're not being creative and you're not challenging yourself. Um, I run a mile uh, to my gym, um, and uh, then I work out, and I run a mile back to my back to my house. And I can't believe how many, you know, big screen TV boxes are outside waiting oh, yeah. in the trash. And I'm just thinking to myself, that's just I, you know, that's just not the the, the thing to do right now when we're in the middle of something like this because we don't know how we're going to come out on the other other end of it. So we have right. to. The smart, the smart money is to is figure we're not going to come out of it and start living your life like we're not. And if we do, hey, that's good for everybody. But I guess you know you, you can't. You know, some people get kind of stuck on stupid and and they yeah. just they don't do the they don't do the right thing as well. And so, right. and uh, that's that's basically the way it is. So, uh, can you feel it? Can you feel it heating up a little bit? Oh yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's right we're, we're kind of stoking the fire it's, again right here as well yeah, it's, it's funny that the, the home i have here in uh, my second home in california the uh the backyard is actually cold there's a constant breeze or wind and then i go to the front of the house and it's freaking smoking hot it's crazy it's literally it's like two different two different worlds you know my six-year-old's like daddy i'm cold i'm like we'll go outside <laughs> you know <Yeah. laughs> pretty that's crazy true. um so, uh, so anyway, what we're starting to say is we're gonna we're gonna jump out of the pan, throw you right in the fire, and throw throw a couple of questions at you here. So, sure. if you don't mind, uh, we've been getting a lot of a lot of comments. People like the hot seat questions and stuff, and we're Great. getting people to send questions in and stuff. And uh, and um, so uh, we we want to keep asking you those questions, and and uh, the answers are good. and kind of kind of breaks up the show a little bit here. So so this one. Um, 
This 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 one comes from Memphis, Tennessee, of course, Memphis, home of Elvis as well, and mm-hmm. uh, it uh, comes from Cheryl, and Cheryl says, "I know Google does not like affiliate traffic. Being an mm-hmm. affiliate, correct? How can I work around that so my ads don't get keep getting disapproved and stuff?" And and that's a diverse question for everything we're seeing going on in social. Media. Yeah, yeah, it's not just Google, by the way, uh, Cheryl. Right? It's not yeah, just. Cheryl. It's not just Google, Cheryl. It's Facebook. It's quite a few different traffic providers. Um, the way you get around it's very simple. Just make a landing page and then redirect your landing page <clears throat> or an institutional page. I can never say that properly. And then redirect it over to the lander. So one of our uh, properties that we we buy quite a bit of traffic on, um, that's exactly what we do is I was going to name it and then I thought, let me, let me not name it, but... Uh, we we uh, we we make a landing page, and then the first piece of information comes into our landing page, and then we post into our advertiser where they take the rest of the field. So so we'll register a domain, call it johnfondy.com, and let's say we're doing a uh, skincare offer. So johnfondy.com. Let me go back. Let's say we're doing a skincare offer that's eventually an affiliate deal going to. Um, Give me a cosmetic company, John. Uh, Maybelline. Maybelline. So we're an affiliate for Maybelline. Did I come up we, with that too quickly? <laughs> you did. You did. But I, I noticed your, your eyes look less puffy today. Um, so, so we're an affiliate for Maybelline. If we went through Maybelline's affiliate program through Link Connect or whoever they use, we'd have this whole construed link with you know all these different codes and what have you in it. And Google, Facebook, et cetera, would decline the ad. So now... We get our own landing page, you know, John's, you know, bestskincaresecret.com. We host the first page with the product images and everything. Once they click to buy, it now goes through the affiliate link to Maybelline. That you can do. And that's what we do successfully in, you know, diabetic strips, in, uh, you know, in, in pharmaceutical type type offers, in healthcare type offers. Um, that That's the best way. Uh, to not to get every ad approved because again you're following guidelines now it is going to your domain there's no domain mismatch um, but when they're taking a, a when they're clicking for an action point that's when it, it's redirecting to whatever affiliate link you have and that tried and proven that'll fix it all for you Cheryl. <laughs> well, good for you. And where do I send the bill? Where no, do I send the bill? No. <laughs> uh, you're helping Cheryl out now. Let's Absolutely. With pleasure. With um, pleasure. So- um, Google extends work from home until summer 2021. So I, yeah. I they must know something, you know? Yeah. That came out, uh, about a week ago. Um, Google is one of the biggest data aggregators, right? So if they've, they've come up with, well, two things, You've got data that we don't know about that says <laughs> this is going to last longer than we think, or, um, you know, I've been to Google offices many times and YouTube studios as well. Um, they've got a very relaxed atmosphere anyway. You know, you, you walk through the Google campus and, you know, there's somebody reading a book and uh, they actually have one, uh, one in Santa Monica, you know, where they've got massage stations upstairs and, you know, and exercise and a yoga studio. So they've got a very relaxed atmosphere anyway. So I'm thinking that they might have seen a spike in production from everybody working from home. So, they're like, sure, we'll, we'll, we'll increase it for a year. Just to, you know, <clears throat> if it's, if it's going to increase the productivity anyway, why not? 
and that goes back to what I've said for the past few months. I think commercial real estate's in a lot of trouble because a lot of people, at least a lot of CEOs that I'm uh, talking to, uh, I'm part of the uh, the Inc. Inc. 5000 virtual networking. So there's a lot of different CEOs, not just Inc. 5000, but Inc. 500, uh, which, by the way, we made the Inc. 5000 list again two years in a row. So that's not public okay. yet. But by the time this comes out, it should be public. So well, congratulations. Uh, 5000 fastest growing companies in America. Thank you. Okay. Um, but anyway, on those on those networking calls, um, a lot of these CEOs have the same sentiment where they're saying, you know what, we're going to downsize our office space. We're going to do a lot less uh, as far as investing there. I'd rather give my employees perks to work from home and benefits to work from home and give them more flex time. We're going to see better productivity. So I think that's where we're going. For yep, sure. I, think, I think you're absolutely right. Um, well, we're going to take a short pause here. You're watching Internet Traffic Kings on the Big Fabu. We'll be right back. Not making as much money as you want on the net? The internet traffic kings are by far your best bet. 24 years at the top of the game. Spotify and iTunes, look for them by name. New episodes every Thursday. The internet traffic kings. Well, welcome back. Uh, the show gets more exciting every time we do this as well. And, uh, you know, we've gotten some emails about uh, bringing on some of the more powerful women in our industry. And that's what we're going to do now. So I'm really excited to get to know this uh, young lady. She's uh, She's been uh, in the business for a long time. She's probably the hardest working gal in show business. It gives me great pleasure to welcome to Internet Traffic Kings, uh, Sweeney May. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for um, calling me powerful. I love that term for sure. So I'm, I'm happy to be here and it's a pleasure to be with the Kings. Well, that's right. We are the Kings. Um, and uh, that's what we try to do is we try to put out information. Uh, we, it's, it's a non-advertiser supported show. So we try to just bring on the guests and everybody really kind of helps everybody else and stuff like that. So um, you're a pretty busy lady. And I guess when the, what they say is if you want to get something done, go to the busiest people that you know. And I'm sure you would be one of those as well. There you go. Yes, totally. Um, busy is an understatement, but it's it's been a lifestyle for me. So I don't even notice how busy or stressed I can get sometimes. And so you've uh, you, you know you've been in the corporate world for quite some time, but always you know circling around uh, the marketing world and making events and things of that happen. But you've also uh, are strong enough to realize that hey, let's uh, let's go ahead and. Uh, and start a company, and and uh, and that's exactly what you've done. Uh, tell us a little about that as well. Well, sure. Yeah. So I've been in the corporate world since after I graduated high school, which was not too long ago. <laughs> but uh, I started with Macy's, and then I also worked for Expedia before. Um, and then my full time job right now is actually I'm a marketing director for ten years, for over ten years now, at a shopping center in the city of Carson. The shopping center has been owned by. Um, a couple of different owners, but one of the owners uh, that I've had a pleasure to meet and work with was Fred Sands, the late Fred Sands, who was a mogul in the real estate world here in Los Angeles. So I've had the pleasure to, you know, sit down, have dinner with him, you know, be in his company and just, you know, see the genius behind his brand. Um, and like you said, uh, also ventured into starting my own company. Um, 
I guess I can't just sit still. So there are some things I want to do that is not covered within my full-time job. So I just, you know, some of the, some of those things are hobbies that became, you know, something that I could monetize. So I decided to just, you know, start a company officially. So, you know, I can take advantage of the benefits of having a company. Right. Mm-hmm. And so in, in that world, I get to work with people I want to work with. And I've loved having the side hustle because I think having that as a side hustle, it gives me a chance to kind of pick and choose who I want to work with, right? So um, I've had a side hustle that's doing a lot of events. And in the past, I've done, I've, I've produced fashion shows, um, and comedy shows, you name it. Um, and then as far, and also weddings and birthdays, things like that. But um, I've gravitated more towards marketing, which was my major in college. And I found that a lot, I found a lot more joy in helping small businesses, um, entrepreneurs, or people who are just starting with marketing. And so I've kind of focused more on that than with events. Yeah, it uh, also seems like... Uh, let's face it, too. Go ahead, Ken. Oh, John, I was just going to say, let's face it, we're action junkies, right, Sweeney? So... Um, whatever is not filling your need at your normal job, you're getting by doing all these other events and everything else. Like we'd love to see um, the the result of our, of what we can do as far For as sure. marketing. You know that that's For the sure. payoff, right? So I say, yeah, action junkies is Sweeney promoting an event and seeing you know a room full of people. That's the that's the payoff. Yeah. Yes. My my follow up question, Sweeney, just so John can take a breath. Um, <laughs> Yeah, in regards to uh, your shopping mall, what are you seeing and what does the future hold with regards to COVID? Like, um, That's a great question. Um, of course, I have my own assumptions and predictions. Sure. And um, I think that, you know, I think that especially small businesses. So my shopping center where I work at has a lot of smaller businesses and mom and pops. And I okay. think it's, yep. I think it's forcing them to transition Um, their efforts into places that they should have already been like social media, you know, like they should have been on social media, but a lot of them aren't Um, Google maps. Yes. Google maps, selling things online, just even using Instagram, take a picture of your product, put it on Instagram, let people know you have it. Let people reserve that item, even if you're not doing transactions on them, but it's so easy to use Shopify or, you know, PayPal or anything to make transactions and people can come and pick up the orders. Um, I think that should be one of the easiest first steps that they could pivot into as a business Mm -hmm. owner. But as far as nationals, I think it's helping us clean the house, right? There's a lot of nationals that weren't already doing well. And the pandemic is just forcing their hand to either restructure or, you know, think of something else because it's not working. Right. Right. Makes yeah, sense. In, in many cases, they uh, they don't know what they don't know. And uh, it gives you a chance to come in and analyze what they're doing and sort of ease them into it a little bit and find out what their what their hot buttons are, what their pressure points are and and kind of start from there and kind of grow them in to what they probably should have been doing maybe a long time ago. Right. Well, and I'm, they're so uncomfortable with anything online. So it, it's, it's kind of yeah. pulling teeth, but it's also a great challenge. Like what content, what memo can I put out there? What newsletter, how can I put this newsletter together to make them feel comfortable? Oh, that's all I have to do. Oh, that's great. So as a marketing director for the shopping center, I can, only spoon feed them so much you know so for example i have an app 
you know, and I can, you know, pay more for this app to do more for them, but they really should do it for themselves because what happens if right. this app goes away? So they should have their own platform for sure. Well, I, I could see a service there, Serena, that you could provide almost to do it yourself to, to transition some of these uh, vendors into the online space. Cause I agree with you. Some people just, they don't get it right. They don't understand what it takes um, to, to move into online. And it's, it's not really difficult, especially in this day and age, everything is point and click. You can set up a shop, you know, literally in an hour. Um, but a lot of these people just, they're so comfortable. You know, when you think about the impact of what's happened with COVID, I mean, any industry you can think of, you know, uh, my daughter not going back to, uh, to school and I'm thinking, okay, put aside the school, what about the uniform shops? A lot of those uniform shops are mom and pops that have been in business 30, 40 years, you know, family owned, and they hold all this inventory and then, you know, come late summer into maybe November, that's their big boom, right? That's where they do, you know, majority of their sales and everything. Um, that's all gone. Like you're not going to buy a uniform for your kids staying home. Um, so th there's definitely a lot of changes, but you know, if you look back in history, most of the big uh, companies were formed during a downturn, during a depression or during a downturn or during a recession, you know, and I'm talking about Apple, Microsoft, you know, so many of the big, bigger companies. Um, so innovation will happen as a whole. It's just, you know, where and who's looking for that. So you can either be a victim or you can, you can be a player and figure out, okay, what's next? How can I evolve in this, in this, uh, in this environment? Um, are the malls, and again, I'm going to speak generally because I don't want you to pinpoint, you know, who you work for, but are you hearing are the malls provide relief for these small business owners as far as deferring rent or anything, or are they just, you know, because it's got to be a tough position for them as well. I, I could imagine, I, you know, I, I say on almost every podcast, I'd hate to hold commercial real estate right now because you're in a lot of trouble. Yeah. Um, but I, what I are they doing? It varies really from companies to companies. Um, there are big real estate commercial companies that own shopping centers that right. are probably able to subsidize or do anything for their tenants, sure. but then there are some who can't, but that's why f for me, for instance, I try to keep my tenants abreast of all these like SBA loans or anything like that, yes, because right. then they can avail the loans, you know, mm -hmm. to pay for their rent, you know, so then it's just yeah. a trickling effect. So, 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 so the, the, the smaller guys do have to do their part and um, take advantage of whatever the government is uh, making available for them. Awesome, awesome. Well, you know, it's, it's, so, it's so invigorating to have a professional like you are, but you're also a very strong female and, and time just flies when, when, we're, when we're getting into all this. I'd like to ask you if, if maybe you would come back on again and we could have maybe a little bit of a longer segment and uh, kind of highlight some of the things that uh, kind of got you where you are today and maybe be an inspiration to other female business owners out there as well. Would you consider coming back on again? Oh my gosh, without a doubt, for sure. That's um, very, uh, I'm, I'm very grateful to be here and for you guys to have contacted me and chosen me to be a part of this podcast. So I'll definitely come back. Awesome. Well, we're so glad to have you and uh, everybody stick around. We'll be right back. Not making as much money as you want on the net. The internet traffic kings are by far your best bet. 24 years at the top of the game. Spotify and iTunes. Look for them by name. New episodes every Thursday. The internet traffic kings. 
Hey, that's great. We're having a great time here on Internet Traffic Kings. I'm the big fabu, John Fondy. And uh, uh, one thing we do in this particular segment is we we uh, we take the chains off, if you will. We take the chains off, take them off the porch, throw them a bone, and we bring on the big dog. We're talking about Bennett Kelly. Woof, woof. How you doing, guys? Hey, doing well, man. Doing well. Um, so you're you're in Santa Monica. You know, are things uh, weird down there as well, Bennett? And uh, are you even going into the office? Um, well, actually, I, I mainly our office is uh, had some strict controls, and so I just I go in and get my mail, and mainly work from home. Um, tomorrow, I will be appearing in court by a video. Um, LA County has just implemented a new system where you can appear video, appear by video, where I guess you have a shirt and tie and no pants. <laughs> and uh, so um, that'll be the first time I'll be doing that. And uh, I've done a lot of telephone telephone appearances. Um, I, did, I did a court appearance where I was actually physically there, drove 80 miles to get there, only to have it pushed back two months. So. Um, yeah, I think that, uh, I guess, you know, as a, you know, if you were a prosecutor that, you know, you would kind of lose that third dimension, if you will, of being able to get up front yeah. and close to the jury. Well, there's also, I mean, the criminal side, the civil is different. Criminal side, there's actually constitutional issues about being able to see and confront your accuser um, and their right to a speedy trial. It, it really, COVID has, it's really going to slow down the civil side of the judicial system because they're going to have to give priority for the criminal cases and uh and you're already seeing uh, a lot of um, court systems over announcing that they'll be delaying trials you know for six months or more yeah. i mean that's the one thing we, we talked about this earlier if you are possibly looking at a dispute if you're the person um, who has to you know chase the money um you're looking at a lawsuit that you won't get heard um, really in a meaningful way until 2022, 2023. And uh, so if there's a dispute and involves money, it might be better to hold on to the money. Yeah, that's a good that's a good point. Um, I'm, I'm hearing in and out stuff that's going on with, uh, you know, with, uh, with uh, you know, some of the social media sites, some of the buying sites and stuff, uh, antitrust stuff. Is yeah. that going to heat up, or what? What do you? What has your has your big ear been to the ground, and what can you tell us about that? Well, there's a lot going on here, and there's actually two. There's two currents going on, and um, one of them is going to be timed to actually play out um, during the election cycle. So um, you may recall President Trump issued an executive order uh, on social media companies a couple of weeks back. And um, part of the executive order was he directed, directed the Department of Commerce to um, petition the FCC for rulemaking regarding social media companies. And there's one provision of the law um, called um, CDA 230. It's the Section 230 of the Communi Communications Decency Act of um, 1996. And basically what it says is those platforms don't have liability for what third parties put up or for efforts they may take to police their sites as, as in order to encourage police their sites. And, um, you know, at once um, Twitter started um, flagging some of President Trump's tweets, you know, he, he got upset and then started, he started to pursue this. And so um, there's a certain irony in that um, the start of the administration, 
you had the FCC um, reversing Obama-era net neutrality rules because the idea was we shouldn't be regulating the internet. And, um, and so when this petition to the um, FCC, the Trump administration actually cites um, the Obama-era rules that were invalidated by the, his FCC as a basis for why the FCC should regulate um, social media companies. And he wants to impose restrictions on uh, how they're able to moderate content. And um, it raises a whole lot of First Amendment issues. Um, if you know, moderating is difficult as it is, and if you create liability behind it, it may actually just result in less content. Companies may decide to hell with it. Um, you know, we just won't have the content. Or flip side, we won't, we won't moderate. And then you just have a whole bunch of you know, crap out there um, the same time, you got a competing structure outside the U.S. You know, Europe has a different history. You know, in um, because of Nazi Germany, if you put stuff on Hitler online, you know, Nazi stuff online in France and in Germany, that's a criminal offense. And so, the social media companies are getting a lot of pressure over there to act quickly with respect to hate speech. And so, you know, you have two conflicting uh, approaches. So um, that's going on right now. And the, so they filed the petition on Monday. And the way there's a certain process, it's going to take a week or two for the FCC to publish the petition for comment. Public comments will be made and then a reply will be made. Well, wouldn't you know it, that whole process is going to take place in September and October right during um, the election season and allow people to argue about whether or not social media companies are um, filtering out conservative views, as you know, President Trump says, even though there really isn't evidence to support that. Um, so that's one thing that's going on. But the, right now, I know we're taping this, but as we speak, um, in Congress, you have a very high-powered, uh, a lot of uh, Amex um, black hearts, um, and... I guess it's all remote, but any event, uh, you have Google, um, Facebook, Amazon testifying before the House um, Judiciary Antitrust Subcommittee. And there have been a lot of questions about anti-competitive conduct of all three major um, big tech actors. And um, all of them have some form of investigation, either domestically or in Europe. And, um, you know, I may have mentioned earlier, uh, I started my career working with a, a firm that was founded by a former FTC director, and we did a fair amount of antitrust work, and um, including working on a you know, major $100 million verdict case. And you know, antitrust laws serve a purpose. It, it, uh, the, the theory is, is that monopolies stifle innovation. And you saw that in the 90s when the Clinton administration brought a uh, antitrust suit against Microsoft, and um, for the using their power and um, systems to um, control um, market in the browser area. Right, and um, and so there's the theory that holds that basically while that suit was pending, that and it's that constrained Microsoft in a way that allowed Google to get off the ground. And that, but for that lawsuit, Google may never have survived. And so there you see the benefit of enabling you know, innovation. And um, you know, there's a lot of controversy when uh, the Bush administration came over and dropped the lawsuit. Um, even some you know, very 
um, free market and trust people who were pretty outraged about it. But um, you know, any event, you know, one area that's interesting about um, any trust in technology is you look at you know, what happens if someone raises the price 5%, 10%. Can someone enter the market? And the theory in technology is, well, this is technology's innovations. Of course, someone can enter the market. But that's becoming increasingly harder when you have these huge platforms and right. they, they control the system. And so, you know, take, for example, Amazon. You know, when they're able to game the system and able to use user data of, you know, and compete, you know, both be the platform and the competitor, you know, is right. that an antitrust violation? You know, Facebook, when they get such a huge share of the social media platforms mm -hmm. with Instagram and, you know, and Facebook, and, um, you know, they're their own environment. You know, right. is that any competitive? You know, Google, sure. you know, is there, you know, the way they favor some of their content over others, you know, using that in you know, advertising platforms or even YouTube, for example. You know, and so um, this is going to be looked at carefully, and particularly if you get a Biden administration that comes in, they tend to be more aggressive on antitrust. You know, I think the all three of these companies, you know, at least one of them is going to look different five years from now if right. things yep. are going. That's a good. That's a good point. Well, um, and we'll, we'll we'll kind of check in with you from time to time to kind of see see what's changing, what's going on, but. Let's kind of loosen things up here a little bit, um, and uh, you know, uh, tell us, Ben. It's something that nobody knows about you. Something that nobody knows about you. Well, not nobody knows. Now you're going to get him in trouble with his wife. He's going to say something he doesn't want to say. <laughs> More like something most people don't know is what I would say. <laughs> you know, it, it's. I guess um, maybe my dad um, was in World War Two. Oh wow! And uh, he actually, and he was a navigator on a bomber, um, and flew about twenty-seven missions over Germany in uh, World War II. And uh, his actually first mission was Dresden, which was I don't know if you've heard about it. Was it was quite an awful um, firebombing and uh, um, kind of somewhat controversial. But um, you know, I've, I'm the youngest of seven. And so there's a 40-year gap between me and my parents. And so they're of the whole um, Depression era, um, mm -hmm. you know, Greatest Generation era. And I've heard a lot of stories about what they went through during that era, particularly World War II, and even from my aunts and uncles about how, you know, they had to you know, have rationing. Um, I had an uncle who his job was to guard the beach. If people went on the oh, wow. beach at night, you'd get shot. Um, they drove around with um, just like uh, Kevin's neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, you know, they had rationing. They drove around. You had to put um, this black thing on your headlights at night, you know, so you didn't alert, um, you know, people, you know, so people couldn't see you from the air. And it was just a different environment. And I just think of the, the great sacrifices they did for, you know, from 1941 to 1945, and. and I think about that in today's context when, you know, people just don't even want to wear a mask. And um, so. Right. Good. That's so, that's true. So. Uh, All right. Click. John, uh, you're up. <laughs> <I'm> up. 
Um, well, Putting you on the hot seat. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, something that most people probably don't know about me is when I first started my career um, in in Hollywood, which was three weeks ago. Yeah, that's about about right. Um, I was a male exotic dancer. Whoa! <laughs> Where? Um, I, I worked at Chippendales and I worked at a couple of other clubs. Uh, I went to went to Japan on a tour in Japan, and actually, I wasn't. I I, I was the, actually I danced, but I was the MC of the show, and that's how I kind of got my chops up and stuff like that. So there's some uh, coffee table information that nobody. Are you serious, know. John? Yeah. Yeah. The, the Japan tour must have been a lot of fun. It was great. I I, I learned a few words in Japan. Really? Oh my language. gosh! That's, that's did the whole know. show in English, and they actually you know, they, had uh, geisha so, girls I, in the club. Wow! What's the Japanese word for penicillin? Uh, Fondy. <laughs> <laughs> so now with that information. Brasco, will you ever? I'm calling out the Brasco who runs the show in the background. Will you ever look at John the same way on video? <laughs> really? I've you noticed the camera stuff panning down. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, that was really interesting, John. Um, ne never, never thought that. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I've joked about it, but never thought that uh, you were an actual exotic dancer. That's really interesting. Yeah, so. so, yeah, so <clears throat> something most people don't know about me. I am an eighth grade dropout. Wow, that's totally, true. Totally self-taught. Well, see, you knew it. Aha. Uh, yeah, totally self-taught. And uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's the big, uh, big thing, which was, would be interesting in meetings because I'd meet with a lot of uh, different people. You know, and oh well, what college did you go to, and what college did you go to, and I graduated this, and again, I I think very highly of education. It just that wasn't my path, yeah. um, you know. And then they'll 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 look to me, who's heading the meeting, and be like, "So where did you graduate?" And I go, yeah. "Grammar school, you mean?" I actually didn't, you know. <laughs> what? No, you're kidding, right? Yeah. Um, but you know, I'm constantly l learning, reading, evolving, and you know, self-taught, and that's it's, well, awesome. Uh, it seems well. to work for me. You know, my 24 <clears throat> year old daughter, you know, graduated college and got her degree and. Great for her, and people have different paths, and I respect that. Well, awesome, you guys. Appreciate it so much. A nice little segment. We learned a little something that we do. Absolutely. I hope you learned a little bit from these shows by tuning in to uh, Internet Traffic Kings. Remember, this is a it's a non-advertiser-supported show, which means we don't have any commercials in there. So, But you still can help us out. Uh, if uh, you would go give us five stars on Apple Podcast, uh, if you listen to us on Spotify, um, go to our YouTube channel, doing really, really well on the YouTube channel. Yeah. Facebook is going great. And uh, traffic course, kings uh, on YouTube. our Internet Traffic Kings site as well. So that's uh, that's kind of what's going on with that. So anyway, so there's another one in the bag, which I'm that's usually right. half in that bag as it is anyway <laughs> when we do the shows. But anyway, there you go. everybody here at the Internet Traffic Kings on the Big Fabu broadcasting from the campus of UNLV in fabulous Las Vegas. We'll see you next time on Internet Traffic Kings. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. 
any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of webmasterradio.fm is prohibited.